0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Basketball Championship Finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL Futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our p- promo code Believe B L E A V to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Nuggets. This will be our free agency uh, recap, reactions, whatever you want to call it. Uh, over the last couple of days. All hell has broke loose in the NBA. There has been a lot of uh, stars moved. There has been stars asking for trades, but there has also been moves for the Denver Nuggets. And that will be what we're talking about today. Uh, I am your host, Asher Levy,
0: as always, joined by my lovely co-host, Gage Bridgeford. How are you doing today, man? Uh, Doing well. Uh, Glad to be here. Glad to see that the Nuggets actually decided to do something in free agency rather than leaving us all sitting on our hands. Um, and now it's just a matter of figuring out: Did they do enough to actually contend? Which, as of now, I think that they have done a fair bit. I think that they've done a lot without uh, having a ton of money. Obviously, they had the Catavius Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith trade. They have brought in a few free agents that we'll get to here in a minute. Uh, but I'm not. I'm. I'm mostly like satisfied with the moves they've made thus far.
1: Yeah, I we'll, we'll start with the first piece of news that came out uh, for the Nuggets that wasn't free agency related. Uh, it was tangentially related. Uh, first things first, Nikola Jokic has signed uh, the Supermax extension that will keep him in Denver through at least the 26-27 season with a player option worth $60 million for the 27-28 season. Uh, It is the richest contract in NBA history, and uh, this solidifies the fact that he will be here uh, at least for the next six years and with potential, or at least five years with an option for six. Uh, Initial reactions for me is, you know, it's it's Nikola Jokic. You're not going to not give him anything he asks for. You give him... You give him the entire house. You give him the keys, anything, and the uh, the ownership and the front office did that. They paid him the most they could. It is, uh, as I mentioned before, the richest contract in NBA history, so he's definitely getting some, some money in this deal. And I am a big fan of this, obviously. It's the Nuggets keeping Nikola Jokic. I don't think there's a ton to say on it. Uh, do you have any opinions on this, Gage? Uh-
0: guy that I work with today, who's not the biggest basketball person. Um, He follows it very, like very on the edge. He doesn't really pay that close of attention. He asked me, he's like, hey, so Nikola Jokic got the biggest contract in history. So is that, what do you think? Is that good? Did they overpay? Whatever. And I was like, that is probably less than he still deserved because he's that damn good. Guy came off of back-to-back MVPs, took a team to the playoffs, uh, took a game off of the eventual NBA champs. He it Jokic is the reason that the Nuggets have been so good and that's not a shot at anybody else on the roster that's not a shot at Malone that's Jokic has been that good he is the reason that he kept this team afloat this past season he is worth every cent uh he is worth absolutely the most the richest contract in NBA history no doubt about it in my mind
1: Yep uh we're on the same page you pay your back-to-back MVP they paid their back-to-back MVP not a super complex thing and now we can start to get into the actual moves that uh, the team has made in free agency. So going into uh, the free agency period, there were qualifying offers extended to Vlaco Chanchar and Devon Reed. They Nuggets could use the uh, taxpayer MLE. Technically they were under the tax, but if they had used the taxpayer or the non-taxpayer MLE, which is about uh, Three and a half million more than the taxpayer Emily, they would have hard capped themselves, which basically means uh, they can't acquire any more salary throughout the season. So, if they had used the uh, non taxpayer Emily, they would have not been able to use say the trade, uh, the TPE or the traded player exception acquired in the. KCP deal with Monte Morris, which is worth uh, $9.1 million. And then they also have about $3.8 million, I want to say, lying around, uh, still left from the Jermichael Green trade exception. They could not have used either of those uh, in the following season. So instead of using uh, the non-taxpayer, they stuck to the taxpayer. And with that, they do not hard cap themselves. They keep themselves in a position where they can make uh, more flexible moves in the season, uh, you know, during the trade deadline, all that kind of stuff, and they also technically had the bi- biannual exception, which is worth about like three point five million to four million. Uh, it's what they used to sign Facundo Campazzo when they originally signed him. Uh, that too would have hard capped the Nuggets, so they were were and are unlikely to use that. And then obviously they can sign guys to veteran minimums and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, nuggets fans are like, what defensive wings are we going to get? What are the moves that are going to be made in the off season? And within 30 seconds of free agency, opening up, Woj drops the bomb that Deandre Jordan has agreed to uh, deal with the Denver nuggets. And people were not too <laughs> pleased with that move. Uh, same here. I don't think he provides uh, much for the Nuggets. Uh, it wasn't so much about uh, DeAndre Jordan. Well, it is about DeAndre Jordan, but also it was that's the move you had lined up 30 seconds within free agency. He got picked picked up quicker than Timothy Mozgov that one offseason where he got paid $72 million. be it very different contracts. This is a one-year veteran minimum from my understanding and what, from what's been reported. Uh, But instead of bringing in a a good backup five, they bring in DeAndre Jordan, who was among the worst centers that got rotation minutes in last season. Uh, His athleticism has been pretty much sapped since he first, uh, or since his prime when he was an all NBA first team center. And, uh, he he brings a great locker room presence. Uh, he's been one of the better teammates in the league, uh, supposedly, but also it's DeAndre Jordan in 2022. And I'm not sure you can really play him rotation minutes without sinking some of the games like uh, Faku did earlier last season. I personally am not a fan of this move. I think, you know, I, I wouldn't expect him to play. Hopefully I think the nuggets have other options, whether that be, you know, Jeff green at the five, seek Naji at the five. Uh, th- there are other things you can do other than play Deandre Jordan. And I would explore all of those avenues before playing Deandre Jordan. Um, if he does end up playing the backup five, I think that looks pretty bad. Uh, there are other options. It's not a deep or good center free agency class, but, uh, nearly anyone, I think would have done a better job than DeAndre. And I think at that point, if you're going to play DeAndre Jordan, I think you just bring over Ishmael Kamigate from Europe. Uh, But that is my two cents on the first move that the Nuggets made. Any, uh, anything from you Gage?
0: Yeah, I will say that my personal preference, if they can't sign anybody else, it would have been just bringing over Ishmael. Um, that's probably what what I would have done. I understand that you want the veteran presence or whatever, but I think that there's enough bets in the locker room because even though the Nuggets are a younger contending team in terms of their entire core group is 27 or younger, um, there is still the aspect of like, you do want some veteranship, but you sit here and you look, and like you pointed out, this wasn't the deepest free agent center class. There's DeAndre Jordan. Uh, and then looking through other guys that are signed, you have that, Denver could have realistically afforded. Uh probably Dwayne dedman uh, Andre Drummond was the big one. I know, uh Damian Jones, and then Robin Lopez. Uh, among the unsigned, uh, you have guys like Thomas Bryant, Gorgie Jang, Dwight Howard was out there, Ed Davis, Hassan Whiteside, uh Big Biombo, Tristan Thompson. Uh, Luke Cornett. There was there was some other names out there. You, it was a weak free agent class. I know the, we talked before we started recording here that Thomas Bryant, like Thomas Bryant, would have been my personal choice. That's I like I'll admit that that's just personal bias. Um, Thomas Bryant went to IU while I was there. I actually met him. He is huge. He's got gigantic hands compared to me. Um, but so he's so he's fun. He's athletic. He's young, he's still young. He's not. Uh, he He'll turn twenty five here in the next couple of months. So that was my personal preference. I think that there are options they could have gone with. DeAndre Jordan was underwhelming, um, and the main thing that kind of helps you forget about him in the signings is everything else they did. Uh, they got Jokic. Done. Awesome. Great. You And then they followed that up. They had Devon Reed a little later on. Love that they brought back Devon Reed. Devon Reed should have been in the playoff rotation. It was, um, it was a crime of money, the fact that he wasn't in the playoff rotation. He was... he's a solid two-way wing can shoot from can shoot both ends of the floor can shoot from three he can defend he can do everything you need and he makes perfect sense alongside this uh, alongside yo kitchen alongside this core and he wasn't on the team because of money and i think that's dumb but it wasn't my money to spend so yeah deandre jordan's underwhelming but i'm willing to move off of him and focus on the positives here because we got to see denver spend a little bit of money and as a guy that's a fan of the green Bay Packers who don't spend a ton of money all the time. It's nice to see the franchises that you root for spend some money once in a while.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, touching briefly on the Devon Reed thing, uh, he was signed to a new uh, two year deal with the Nuggets that will be a standard contract. So he will no longer be on the uh, two way contract that he was last season. Instead, he will be on the full roster. So we don't need to worry about you know a similar thing happening where oh are they going to convert him he's already there Uh, you don't need to worry about that you know you have your three and d wing there and you know he did do it on uh small sample size last season but there was nothing to show that that was like you know fraudulent or like fake It was very legitimate production and I expect, you know, that to carry over if if like a little hits his efficiency, if, you know, whatever, but I do expect him to probably see rotation minutes, at least initially. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he was like a third stringer that sometimes got run, uh, but uh, moving forward, he will be on the full roster. I think we're both fans of Devon Reed. This is a very pro Devon Reed podcast podcast. But um, the big signing of today, which I'm glad we didn't record yesterday because that would have been a very different tone to the podcast, but today the Nuggets have used their taxpayer MLE to sign Bruce Brown to a two-year $13 million deal, and that is a fantastic signing. Both me and Gage did pieces on stiffs uh, yesterday and this morning, Uh, me yesterday, Gage this morning on, you know, who should Denver go after? And in my article, I didn't touch on Bruce Brown in uh, super detail. I put him in a category of probably outside of the Nuggets uh, pay range, but a good player. And he would have been my my dream free one of my dream free agency signings uh, because He is a very good defender, uh, really good on the perimeter can hold his own on the interior, you know, uh, and on offense, very good cutter knows how to pass knows how to use space. uh, Not a fantastic shooter. His 40% from three last season is not what you should expect from Bruce Brown. Those were on one attempt a game and we're all basically wide open uh, corner shots, But uh, he's not a complete non-shooter. He can shoot a little bit, and that's kind of all the Nuggets need from him. He will be filling in that backup two uh, to three to... uh, He even played the four and the five in Brooklyn uh, at times. So he can play basically anywhere you want him to. Uh, He's a good passer. Uh, Has some really interesting short rule stuff, which I would personally explore if I'm uh, Malone. And my bench unit is Bones Highland, Bruce Brown. I would do some pick and roll stuff with them. Uh, Bruce Brown is was used in the pick and roll a lot in Brooklyn. And uh, I think that's an interesting avenue for him. Uh, he's a good passer and does a lot of interesting stuff in the short roll. And that's just a funky thing. That's That would be really fun. So I think you, you see with him, uh, you were like, geez, Denver really needs a defensive wing. They got probably the best on the market. Um, It was either him or Gary Payton. Gary Payton went to the Trailblazers on a three-year, 21 or $22 million contract. uh, And then the Nuggets get the other one in Bruce Brown for two years, 13 million, which it was mentioned earlier today that that was a discount. He took a discount to play in Denver uh, and he mentioned fit reasons. So that means he wants to play next to Jokic. And that is something we don't see a ton in Denver. We don't typically see guys take a discount to play in Denver. So it's nice to see someone who wants to be here, uh, you know, commit for uh, two years. I, there might be an option in the second year. I, I don't, I didn't see that anywhere, but that wouldn't be the oddest thing. Uh, and he fits really nicely. He is a great glue guy. And with KCP and Bruce Brown, uh, the Nuggets perimeter defense looks a lot more uh, shored up than it did coming into this offseason, season. And I think Calvin Booth addressed the needs that the Nuggets had. And I think he did it well. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Bruce Brown signing?
0: Well, as you said, we both wrote about uh, Bruce Brown. You wrote about him yesterday. I wrote about him this morning. I normally do a film Friday column for Nuggets or for Denver Stiffs. I have done it basically every single Friday for the last two plus years. And this morning I woke up and I was like, you know what? I don't really want to do a DeAndre Jordan thing. I don't really want to talk about Devon Reed because I did a couple weeks ago. And I don't really want to talk about Jokic, even though I love him, because I've talked about him a lot. I'm just going to write something different. So I did a three free agents that I thought they could target. Mostly I was looking at defensive-minded wings. And I wrote about Bruce Brown, Derrick Jones Jr., who I also was signed today, went back to the Bulls. And then Dante DiVincenzo. Not really the most defensive-minded guy, but I thought as an offensive shooter off the bench, maybe he could be interesting. That article went up at 10 o'clock Eastern time at 1020 Eastern time, Bruce Brown signing was announced. And I started laughing to myself because that because I thought that was hilarious because I was like, this is literally the guy. No, never, ever does the signing that I want happen. And I was like, this is great. I got exactly who I want in free agency for a number that I'm happy with front number the team's happy with we got a guy that wants to be here what have we all loved about austin Rivers since he's been in denver for the last little over a year it's he wants to be in denver he said i want to be here what does bruce brown say hey yeah i could have got more money i want to be in denver though And so we got a guy that wants to be in Denver. He plays a role that matters. He plays a role the team needs. He's willing to play the role. We've already seen him do this exact thing on another team. He's played the whatever you need me to do, I got that role guy. We've already seen him do that. So he's willing to do that. What else could you want? I mean, the only way it would have been better is if somehow he had taken less money, but i why would he take even less money? He already took a discount to come here. So I think that uh, the Bruce Brown signing is an A+. plus. Uh, I have no notes. Um, there, I, there were – like if the DeAndre Jordan signing doesn't happen, I am probably – getting just you had the Devon Reed signing, Bruce Brown signing, and the Nikola Jokic signing. I'm giving Denver an A-plus through the first 24 hours, as of, as of our recording here, 24-ish hours of free agency. De- they, De- and I'm still only giving them an A minus. I'm still not I'm not knocking them that heavily for the DeAndre Jordan thing because it's a bet minimum contract. He's not going to play that significant of a role, especially once the playoff comes around. I don't think he'll play a ton, if assuming he's still on the team by that point. So the Bruce Brown thing just really helped round out the free agency through the first day. And I'm so I understand that the DeAndre Jordan things, DeAndre Jordan thing sucks, but because of everything else which are only a couple of moves. I think it's a win so far.
1: Absolutely. Uh, briefly, I just want to like touch on Bruce Brown and his defensive impact. Uh, he knows how to get in passing lanes. He knows how to get steals. He's good at getting blocks for a guard uh, per cleaning the glass.com. Uh, he had a 2% steal percentage, which means uh, 2% of the of the possessions that he played uh, resulted in a steal by Bruce Brown. That is good for 81st percentile among um, forwards. And then also, block percentage is 1.5%, which is good for 86th percentile among forwards. Cleaning Glass has him uh, categorized as a forward. He will likely be playing a guard role or a wing role for the Nuggets. And Uh, given those percentages, it would be even higher uh, in a a, a guard sort of role. He is a very impactful defender, uh, given uh, the roles and the versatility and all that kind of stuff that he can fill. Given that he's good at filling those roles, he brings a lot to a Nuggets bench that was very defensively underwhelming last season, to put it lightly but we went from a a bad defensive team last season whose best perimeter uh like guard answers were Aaron Gordon and Austin Rivers both of whom are great defenders uh but Aaron Gordon should be guarding forwards and should be mainly a help defender and you know be like free safetying Austin Rivers should not be your defensive ace he's a good uh glue guy good connector piece on defense and he's a good defender uh we've we're very pro Austin rivers podcast. We've talked about him, but he should not be your defensive ace. Now you go out this uh, off season, you get Bruce Brown, you get Kentavious Caldwell Pope, both of which are very good and very, uh, abled defenders. They are, you know, not going to, uh, uh, be like all NBA guys, but, that's not what Denver was after. They were after guys to fill in on the margins. And these were some of the best guys available to fill the margins that Denver needed. And, uh, specifically with their draft as well, they got Christian Brown who should be a contributor this season. I expect him to play playoff minutes, uh, personally, or I did at least when he was drafted now, Maybe not because he's behind guys in the rotation, but he should be a guy who can contribute right away. He should be a guy who is, he's a guy known for his defense. Uh, Peyton Watson, project pick. Yes, but also they picked him because they think he could be an all defensive kind of guy. And they picked Ishmael Kamgate, someone who is also defensive minded. It is very evident that this front office was like, you know what we need? Defense. You know what we're going to get? Defense. They went out, they got their guys. And that's not something that can be said uh, about everybody, you know, going or everybody like in this off season. It's not something that could be said about years past in Denver either. Years past, look at what they did last season. They ran it back, and then look how it turned out for them. The uh, big free agency signings don't happen for Denver. They don't typically sign good role players either. But Calvin Booth did what uh press regime did not do very often and they got their guys so huge props to denver i i really like what they've done this offseason and i think there are some holes you could point out but overall i think it's a very encouraging sign moving forward
0: yeah i it's wild to see a team say hey this is what we're gonna do and for the most part go do that thing he's like you said they won the press conference by saying, oh, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to go do this, that, and the other. And then we saw the draft we're like, eh, I don't know. Those might've been a little conservative. And then they go out in free agency and they address the, the things they didn't get in the draft. They get, so they have Christian Brown who kind of two way wing bet going to probably be able to contribute year one. Peyton Watson, not going to contribute year one right away. Uh, might do some defensive spot minutes here or there, but not going to do a ton. And then, uh, they had and then they have the center for the future uh who I'm drawing a blank on at this moment um
1: Ishmael Camagatte
0: That's what it is. And then they were like all right, let's go ahead and go do some more stuff. Went to the uh, went to free agency and they got Bruce Brown. They brought back Devon Reed. So now you definitely don't have to count on Peyton Watson year 1. And if Brown's not ready year 1, you don't have to count on him either because you have guys to kind of fill those spots. You need Brown to to get it by the end of year one, but you don't need him early on in the season. And then DeAndre Jordan, again, we've kind of talked over that. It's, I don't think at the end of the year, it's going to matter a ton, but for right now, I really like what the Nuggets are doing this off season. I understand that there's people that are going to bash the DeAndre Jordan pick into the ground because that's what fans do. They sit here and they focus on the one negative thing. You can do nine things, right. But if you do the 10th thing wrong, they're going to only focus on the 10th thing. So yeah, DeAndre Jordan's going to, catch a lot of flack for calvin booth or calvin booth's gonna catch a lot of flack for deandre jordan whatever but other than that calvin booth is doing really well over the last couple of weeks people aren't gonna want to pay attention to it and they're gonna want to talk about oh well this team made the flashy move or this that and the other but while other teams like the utah jazz are tearing down and uh the portland trailblazers just gave Krittin Yersif Nurkic, the 10th most money for a center annually. And they gave Anthony Simons $25 million because he played well when Damian Lillard was hurt. The Nuggets are sitting here and they have a con- a contender that is ready to go. They have a contender. They have a star core, tr- like star core of four. They have a lot of, and then they have a lot of talented role guys around them. So you can be mad about whatever moves that Calvin Booth made when he signed Deontre Jordan, but you have to commend him for everything else he's done so far. Oh, also, he got Nikola Jokic to come back. I, we've talked about that a few times, but that matters. You when, Like uh, Asher said earlier, Jokic could have balked. He could have said, oh, I don't know. We got a new GM. I, I want to wait to sign my new deal. No. Jokic went and signed it because Calvin Booth told him, look, no, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of the team, and we're going to put a contender around you. So he brought back the star and has put and done everything else around him the most part to do it so so far Calvin Booth is passing with flying colors for me
1: the same here I I mean at the time of the draft you know I Peyton Watson was like oh do we really have time for a project now given uh, what the rest of the roster has shaped up to be I'm excited to have a developmental project I'm excited to see him spend time with the gold and see what he can do I'm excited for these rookies now. Uh, because Calvin, I have was a question to, real quick. So yeah.
0: because they and I'll and I'll let you continue. Since they brought in now more vets to be in front of Watson, do you hate the pick a little less? I know when we talked about it last week, and I know that there's still guys that they picked that were picked after him that you may have preferred. But does the pick have a little bit more of a positive light if now that you really know he doesn't have to come, he doesn't have to do anything? You're one.
1: Yeah, I, I think that changes a lot. I also was at the rookie presser, got to listen uh, to Peyton. I got to talk to him a little bit um, and getting to kn- kn- And I got to talk to the front office a little bit, uh, too, about, you know, the, the process behind the pick and getting to understand the context of uh, Peyton Watson, of what they expect of him moving forward, him saying again and again in the presser, I I'm here to win. I'm here to do what they tell me. I'm here to use my length, my athleticism, my defense. I will give it to Denver. I am ready to spend you know, time developing. I am not pressing to play year one. I'll do what they need me to. And I think he has the right mindset moving forward. I think given the rest of the roster and how it's shaped out, I like the process behind the pick a lot more. It wasn't so much that it was uh, Peyton Watson. It was so much that it was a, a, an upside swing I didn't like. And while I still might prefer other guys, and I I don't know if Peyton Watson will be what Denver needs him to be, but I think that they have a lot more leeway with those sorts of moves now. I think the, what, re, the way the rest of the roster has really come around gives them time to develop. And I think this is what you got a G league team for, you know, they didn't have the gold up until last season. And last season it was filled with old nuggets, vets like Isaiah Thomas, Kenneth Farid, all those sorts of guys played for the gold. uh, But they didn't really have anyone to develop down there. Now they do. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Peyton Watson spend time down there. And this is, why you get a G league team to develop young guys, to bring them through and get them doing reps that you want them to be getting, but they're not ready to play in NBA games. So you send them down to the G league and you give them the reps there. Uh, I have come around on the pick a lot. I still don't, I'm still not in love with the pick. But getting to know the dude who is now in Denver, getting to know you know the front office's thought process behind the pick, and given what the rest of the roster is shaped up to be, I'm starting to kind of like the pick more.
0: Yeah, that's so. I just wanted to kind of hash over that. I mean, there's not a ton more that we can kind of go over. Obviously, for the most part, Denver's Denver's offseason is probably done, uh, barring some unforeseen trade that we the, of like stars there's i don't think that there's i mean there's obviously there's no roster spots available they've done a, tr- a decent trade already with moving barton and monte morris they they've they're probably done spending and adding pieces so i think at this point we can just this the way the roster is constructed today is what Denver's going to be rolling with heading into the regular season and i i like what we have what do you say we uh, cover the summer league roster before we get out of here
1: Yep. Uh, Let's briefly touch on that. Um, So the Nuggets announced their summer league roster uh, for this upcoming summer league earlier today. And, you know, they obviously have the three Denver rookies, those being Ishmael Kamigate, Peyton Watson, Christian Brown. They have uh, the guard, uh, Colin Gillespie. He played at Villanova. Uh, He is signed to a two-way contract with the Nuggets, and uh, he will be playing uh, for the Nuggets at Summer League. He'll be uh, one of their two-way contracts for this season. He is a good, like third-string point guard. He won't bring you, know, you know, star production or anything. He's not an upside swing, but he's a Nova guy. Those guys are typically safe bets, and he knows how to play basketball. He will be fine filling in for a backup point guard role if someone were to get hurt. Um, they also have uh, Adonis Arms, who is a six, five forward from Texas tech. Good defender. Uh, doesn't, you know, do a ton uh, offensively, but he is an undrafted guy that will be playing for them uh, uh, at summer league. They also have uh Jonte Porter who is, you know, uh, Michael Porter's brother um, outside of that. There are not a ton of names of note. Um, just briefly touching on everyone else. Uh, there's Teddy Allen, there is uh, Marcus Burke, Manny Camper, Gel- uh, Kellen Grady, Cavarius uh, Hayes, Drake Jeffries, Matt M- Mitchell, uh, Mbeya Ndaye, I probably butchered that, um, but he w- plays uh, for France and is from Senegal. Um, and then there's uh, Jack White and Bryce Willis. All that rounds out the uh, summer league roster, and we will get to see. All those players play uh, for the Nuggets. And that is games that Nuggets fans can actually watch on NBA TV. So, yippee. Uh, Other than that, just to mention a few other moves around the NBA that do kind of affect what the Nuggets are doing. Uh, Minnesota traded for Rudy Gobert earlier today. They traded four firsts, Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and... Uh, I want to say there was one more player, but it's not coming to mind. They traded uh, basically their uh, like four rotation players and four first-round picks for uh, Rudy Gobert to put him next to Carl anthony Towns. Carl anthony Towns will probably be playing the power forward with Rudy Gobert at center. Uh, interesting trade. Also, the second time that Tim Conley has traded both Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley in the same trade.
0: Yeah, uh, also real quick. So the official trade was Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Balmero, and number 22 pick Walker Kessler uh, from this year, along with four first-round picks uh, being in 2023, 2025, 2027, and a top five protected in 2029. Um, All this goes to say, I think Tim Connolly got hosed.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this deal for Minnesota. I, I understand, you know, Twin Towers sort of deal, but I don't uh, understand
0: it. I don't get it. I think that Rudy Gobert has shown that that he can't play in the playoffs. It's that's it's not new. This is not news. I don't know if it's not, and I don't think it's just a Utah thing. He, the defensive rating with him on the floor consistently got worse in the playoffs every single year for the past, I believe, it was five years. It's not like it like was close. It got worse every year once the playoffs started. Good regular season defense. Bad regular season or bad postseason defense. Couldn't stay on the floor. You he doesn't make any sense. You're trading depth. You are losing so now. You're losing Beasley, Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, who was a starting power forward for you last year. Jared Vanderbilt offered little to nothing on offense, but he was a rebounder and he could he was active as hell on defense. Uh Walker Kessler, I don't know much about him. I'm sure I know that you do just because you were the draft guy this year. And four first round picks, four. Come on, you've had, you've already had issues with Carl Anthony Towns th- trying to threaten for a trade, basically every year for the last like three years, and you're just going to go ahead and willingly trade away four first round picks moving forward. I I don't know, but you know what? What what do I know? I mean, Danny Ainge has already swindled one franchise in the last decade. Why he? There's no way he's going to do it again, right? Wrong. Uh, I
1: I yeah, I don't really like the trade for Minnesota. I think. A lot of the Gobert defensive stuff can be chalked up to the fact that they had no perimeter defense and no perimeter containment in Utah, but I do think his uh, defense doesn't translate as well in the playoffs. Uh, I think offensively it makes kind of some sense because Carl Anthony Towns is like the best big shooter ever, but also it kind of clogs up some things. It doesn't allow you to use... Uh, towns as a roller uh much even though i don't know if he was doing that much as to begin with but defensively it also makes carl anthony towns have to guard fours and you can just put him into screening actions and i don't really think he'll deal with that that great uh yeah I'm, i'm not a big fan of this for minnesota they traded basically every tradable pick that they had and a lot of their depth I think that the Nuggets can look at the Timberwolves and the Jazz both as easier targets now. Uh, and then one more piece of star news before we head out of here. KD wants out of Brooklyn. Uh, it, the writing was on the wall for a while, and then Kyrie uh, accepted his player option. And we were all like, oh, that's fine. They'll they'll be back next season. And then two days later, Kevin Durant requests a trade. Uh, Brooklyn seems to be very volatile right now. And that's not really a shocker. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here, Gage?
0: Nope. Um, I agree with you in that the uh, Minnesota-Utah probably worse now, and the I also agree with the fact that the KD and Brooklyn situation is pretty volatile. However, I don't think it drags out. I think that we'll know here in the next – I think by the time we record next, we'll know what's going to happen. Either KD will still be in Brooklyn, or he will have gotten traded. And I also think that Kyrie will also – I mean, if KD's gone, Kyrie will be gone also. I don't know if they'd be the same team. I know they kind of want to, but I don't know if it'll be the case. But I think that's kind of why Kyrie opted into his deal uh, or to, into his player option. I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, he wasn't going to leave money on the table. Kyrie showed that he would willingly leave money on the table last year. I think that it was a matter of he knew that if he let that if he didn't take it and he wanted to go to L.A., all he could get was the mid-level exception because they have no money. So I think that he picked that up in hopes that he could be traded and actually still get paid a decent amount of money. Other than that, I don't think that's I don't think there's anything else to that. I don't think pe- people are like, oh, yeah, no, he'll be good to go. I think that that was him being like, I need to pick this up if I want to be traded for anything.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this week's uh, Believe in Nuggets episode. We will be back next time there is big Nuggets news or next week, uh, whichever comes first. So, other than that, uh, you can find me on Twitter at AsherLevyNBA. You can find Gage on Twitter at uh, NFL. uh Both of those will be linked in the show notes. Remember to like, rate, whatever your platform provides. Uh, you can find both of us uh, doing write, written nuggets work on DenverStiffs.com. Other than that, thank you so much for listening and have a good day.